Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I'm Daniel Morgan of Go Ye Harvest Outreach, and I greet you in the name that is above all names, the name at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Like many others who are faithfully following Christ, I'm a bond servant of Christ, called to preach the gospel of God concerning his son Jesus our Lord, which he promised in the Holy Scriptures. The Lord has also called me to preach the gospel to the unsaved and to encourage and strengthen believers. Like the Apostle Paul and many of you, I was chief among sinners before coming to the Lord. I am not special or anything else. I'm just somebody trying to tell everybody about Jesus Christ who can save anybody. Brothers and sisters, I am humbled to bring a word to you today regarding the preaching of this gospel. The gospel is given to us in the Great Commission. That is the command to preach the gospel. And you will find this in Matthew chapter 28, verses 14 through 17. This is when Jesus appeared to the 11 disciples and gave them what we call today the Great Commission. And he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. You know, we can also find this over in Mark chapter 16. And in this passage of scripture, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will be made well. Notice, brothers and sisters, what Jesus said. Jesus said, in my name, they will do these things. In my name, for those that believe, they will drive out demons. In my name, they will speak in tongues. And in my name, they will lay their hands on the sick, and they will be made well. People of God, God the Son, Jesus, said this back then, but it applies to everyone who believes. It did not say for those who believe in the first century. It did not say those who believe right now. It says, in my name, those who believe. So, brothers, today's message is taken from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 9. And in these passages of scripture, Jesus is talking to Zacchaeus, who he says to come down. So the title of today's message is Zacchaeus, come down. The day salvation has come to you. And it reads as follows. Then Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector, who was very wealthy. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but could not see over the crowd because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed the sycamore tree to see Jesus since Jesus was passing by. When Jesus came to that place where Zacchaeus was, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down, for I, may, for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried down and welcomed him joyfully. 
And all who saw this began to grumble, saying, He, that is Jesus, has gone to the guest of a sinful man. But Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, look, half of my possessions I give to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone, I will repay him fourfold. You know, Jesus said, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Amen, brothers and sisters. Jesus came to seek and to save those who were lost. Brothers and sisters, many of us were like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus could not see Jesus because he was a short man. Before we come to Jesus, brothers and sisters, we can't really see who Jesus is because of our sin. Because of the sin in our lives, we too come up short and we can't see Jesus. You know, scripture tells us in Romans 3, the righteous of God come through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no distinction, but all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then 1 John verse 1, 8 tells us, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If you have accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior, Jesus is waiting for you. Today, the free gift of salvation has come to you. Why? Because God loves each and every one of us. Regardless of our sins, regardless of what we have done, salvation is free to us. To anyone and everyone who accepts and believes. You know, 2 Peter tells us, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some people understand slowness. Instead, God the Father is patient with us. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance. So how great is God the Father's love for us? You know, Romans 5, 8, 10, Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love towards But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were sinners, while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. You know, the scripture goes on to say that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And as Jesus was addressing the people concerning Zacchaeus, he said, for the son of man, Jesus that is, came to seek and to save the lost. You know, Jesus was referring to every one of us. God loved us so much that he provided a plan of redemption for mankind who was separated from him. Separated from God the Father because of our sin. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned by disobeying God in the by disobeying God in the Garden of Eve, sin entered the world, and as a result, death and eternal and eternal punishment, that is separation from God. But God loves us so much that He provides a plan of salvation that we can also be with Him for eternity. Psalms 14 tells us the fool says in his heart. There is no God. You know, brothers and sisters, in the 6,000 years of known man existence, where we have the ability to reason, to think, to build civilizations according to the Bible and our own secular history, we have only two schools of thoughts concerning who we are and where we come from, how we came to be. And these two schools of thought, brothers and sisters, are the Big Bang and evolution along with creation. Now, the Big Bang Theory was presented to mankind just a few years ago in terms of timelines. 
1920, and this theory claims the universe began from a single primordial atom. This idea supposes that something began by itself from a single atom, and that for no reason at all, this atom, ex this atom exploded, bring to all existence that we know today. We are to believe the universe as we know it started by itself from this small singularity, this atom. And then over the next 13.8 billion years, it became the cosmos that we know of today. You know, the twin uh, to this theory is the big, is the, you know, the twin to the Big Bang theory is evolution. And this was first formulated and presented to us by Charles Darwin in his book on the origin of species in 1859. You know, this evolution thing claims that somehow or another, over the eons of history, mankind evolved from apes. That somehow or another, the species as we know them today, over billions of years, just came into being the way they are today. The only question that I have for you, brothers and sisters, regarding this, this issue of evolution is you got to explain to me which one came first. You know, did, did the chicken come first or did the egg come first? If you're going to tell me that somehow or another it's evolution, then you got to explain how did the egg just appear out of nowhere. But if you tell me creation and that God created things, then I can certainly believe that because God created them as they were and he told them to be fruitful and to multiply, then certainly those chickens could produce eggs. And then from those eggs, those more chickens come and we have what we have today. And so it is with all of creation, every living thing produces some type of egg. Whether we're, we're talking about mammals and humans with the egg and the sperm or we're talking about reptiles that produces eggs. Regardless, we have a being before we have the egg, and it's the beings that produces the egg that creates life or causes life to be. So brothers, whether one is talking about Judaism, or we're talking about Christianity, or Islam, or Hindu, or Buddhism, Native Americans, or all the other civilizations that have existed over time, such as the Greek, the Romans, the Egyptians, the Mayans, the Persians, the Babylonians, the Sudanese, the Nibia, Nubia and Ethiopia, all of these civilizations dated back five or six thousand years ago. In every civilization of mankind, people have believed in a God. They've had a religion. They believed in a higher being, something bigger than them. And whatever their belief about their God or gods, they believe that mankind was created by their God or gods. And for the most part, all of these gods require mankind to be a moral human being. People have always believed in God because God made us in his image. The word tells us that we were made in the image of God, made he them. We have this hole in our heart, brothers and sisters, this hole in our heart that can only be filled by salvation through his son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, you know the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1, Verses 18 through 22, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godliness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. What may be known about God, brothers and sisters, is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, 
and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from the worshipmanship, so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and darkened in their foolish hearts. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images of mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. And according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, for those that know the Lord and those that do not, we are or we're all sinners. And as such, we were not deserving to inherit the kingdom of God. You know, brothers and sisters, some of us were moral. Some of us were sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, thieves, greedy, drunkards, verbal abusers, swindlers, adulterers, liars, cheaters, lovers of ourselves, lovers of money. We were boastful. We were arrogant. We were abusive. Disobedient, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, without love of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, and involved in all kinds of immoral sexual behavior and lifestyles. But brothers and sisters, because we were sinners, we did not deserve, and we do not deserve, to inherit the kingdom of God. As Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 7, verses 24 through 25, O wretched man that I am, who would deliver me from this body of death? But then he goes on to say, but I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Brothers and sisters, when we receive Jesus, we are washed, we are sanctified, we are justified in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord by the Spirit of God. And then, brothers and sisters, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15 tells us, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Brothers and sisters, if you, if you do not know the Lord, know that salvation is free. And when you hear the word of God, we are told, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Turn to Jesus because he offers you salvation. So you may ask, if you don't know, how do I receive salvation? How am I restored back to the righteous relationship with God the Father? You know, the word tells us that the free gift of God's salvation comes through hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ, confession, and believing. So then the question is, what is the gospel? The gospel is, is simple. Gospel means good news. So the gospel that we preach, according to scripture, is Jesus. It's about his life, his death, and his resurrection. It is about the forgiveness of sin through the atoning. It is about the forgiveness of sin through the atoning work of Jesus Christ. And it is God's amazing plan, his amazing plan of redemption, his wonderful plan of salvation for all of us who trust in his one and only son, Jesus Christ. You know, John 14, 6 tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is Jesus saying. Jesus says this in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, we're told that God was in Jesus Christ 
reconciling the world through himself. That is, God was in Jesus, recognizing the world back to God the Father, not counting our sins against us, but through Jesus, canceling out our sins. Jesus committed to us the message necessary to get us back into favor with God. You know, brothers and sisters, again, for those that don't know him, that don't already have a relationship with Jesus Christ, salvation is free and it's available to everyone. There is no secret formula. John 3.16 tells us that for God so loved the world that, is, that he gave his one and only son that whoever might believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You know? If you do not know the Lord, salvation is free and it's available to all. There's no secret formula. And then we're told in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, and I want you to get this, get this, get your Bible out, and I want you to read this. I really want you to read all of chapter, chapter 10 of Romans, but I'm going to read a couple of verses, 9 through 11. It tells us that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart, your heart, that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth, your mouth, that you profess your faith in Jesus and you are saved. You know, scripture says anyone who believes will never be put to shame. And then I like what said what is said over in Ephesians. We are told in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. God gave his son Jesus Christ as a gift so that we may have salvation. So brothers and sisters, I want you to pray this prayer with me if you do not know the Lord. Okay, pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I confess Jesus, I confess you Lord, that you are Lord and I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. I believe Jesus that you died for my sins and that you rose from the dead. Lord Jesus, I turn my sins and I invite you. I turn from my sins, Lord Jesus, and I invite you to come into my heart, come into my life. I want to trust you. I want to have you as my Lord, as my Savior. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you did on the cross. I surrender to you and I trust in you. It is in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So brothers and sisters, if you do not know the Lord and you pray this prayer and you are sincere, you are now saved. You are a child of God. It is that simple. Remember what I read earlier about what God tells us in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Brothers and sisters, that's all the word says about salvation. Now, of course, we know that once we are saved, uh, we need to seek the Holy Spirit. We should be baptized because uh, the word does tell us very clearly that we'd be baptized with water. That is water baptism. And we'd be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But we pray once we're saved that the Lord will send his Holy Spirit upon us. And he will. And then through the Holy Spirit, we can walk. We can live according to the way that God would have us to live. So, brothers and sisters, if you have your Bibles open still, I want you to go to the book of Acts in chapter 2. And this chapter deals with after the Holy Spirit that came to Jerusalem, 
on the day of Pentecost, Peter spoke to the crowd and they said that the people were drunk. But Peter explained the scripture to them, beginning with the Old Testament and up through the life of Jesus. And he told the people that these people were not drunk on wine, but drunk on the Holy Spirit. So let's read beginning at verse number 37 of chapter 2, the book of Acts. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all, all. The word all means everyone who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and the scripture tells us about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Brothers and sisters, if you accepted the Lord Jesus and do not have a church home, I encourage you to please find the church home, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. In closing, my brothers and sisters, read Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 tells us, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from the love from the love of God. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the heavens above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, brothers and sisters, in closing, I want to pray the words of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. And these verses say, That are the glorious riches of Jesus our Lord. He will strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you will be rooted and established in love and will have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide, how deep, and how long is the love of God in Christ Jesus. And to know that his love for us surpasses knowledge that you, my brothers and sisters, will be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of, all the fullness of God. If you desire to talk with us or have us to pray with you, please visit us on our website at www.goyeharvestoutreach.com. That's www.goyeharvestoutreach.com. If you're already a believer, I want you to encourage you to keep on keeping on, brothers and sisters. Now is not the time to be tired or weary. God is calling his people, all of us, those that know him, to draw closer to him. You know, brothers and sisters, I just need to say this. When after seven days of fasting last year, in June of last year, the Spirit of the, Spirit of the Lord revealed to me, told me in my spirit, as if I'm talking to you, I have called you to preach the gospel 
the gift of healing I give unto you, anoint with oil. He has called me to proclaim that the time of his return is soon. Brother and sister, I admit, I don't know what soon is. On God's timeline, soon could be years, months, I don't know. But I do believe the Lord's return is soon. And again, as I said, as you know, he told Abraham that he and Sarah was going to have a baby. They were going to have Isaac. But it took 25 years for the word of God to come true. And so I would just simply say that soon is soon. We don't know when. We are told by Jesus on the Sermon in the Mount that we don't know the day nor the hour. Neither did Jesus himself know the day nor the hour when he would come. But only the Father. What I would simply say is as Jesus said, be ready. And then the other thing, people of God, the Lord has told me, I believe, that a revival of his people is coming. The Lord has told me, I believe, that a revival of his people is coming. Yea, that revival is even at hand, particularly because of what we're experiencing with the COVID-19 virus. People all over the world are seeking God. They're wanting to draw closer to him. They're wanting to know him more. And people of God, we who belong to God, we are in the church. We, we've been lukewarm. We've been distanced. We've not gotten up off our pews and got out to share the word of God with our friends, with our neighbors, those that are in the workplace. God wants us to be revived in our spirit. He's going to send a spirit of revival so that we're revived and we're excited about talking to him. And in doing so, people of God, as this revival comes, just as Jesus said, those who believe in me will lay their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Brothers and sisters, there's a declared that is a declared statement. And I believe that God is about to usher in that season where we will lay our hands upon the sick and they will see the mute will speak, the lame will walk, and there'll be healings of all kinds of diseases to include high blood pressure, diabetes, and cancer. All of this, not to our glory, but to the glory of God, so that he can bring in the rest of the people that have not come to him just yet. And we can be revived ourselves as people of God. My job is to inform the people, to share the gospel, and to and let God's people know that we have to get busy. We have to be about his work. So brothers and sisters, I say, draw closer to God. Seek him. He says, those that seek shall find. Seek and ye shall find. Ask and it shall be given. Knock and the door will be opened. Brothers and sisters, I'm a firm believer in fasting and praying. Jesus said, sometimes this kind come but by fasting and praying. So I would encourage you to fast and to pray as you seek God and draw closer to him. Until the next time and the Lord's will, peace and blessings and abundance. God loves you and so do we.